It's the California Wine Country Podcast with Steve Jackson and Dan Berger. We taste, we laugh, we learn. It is California Wine Country every Wednesday, brought to you by Bottle Barn. Dan Berger, of course, is here, and our guest today is the return of Dan Barwick, winemaker at Trachini. Dan, good to see you. Good to be here, Steve. Um, Love the Trachini. We'll talk a lot about that and taste uh, something. But right now, we're going to kick it off with Dan Berger's weekly cellar offering. I brought two this week. Okay, good. We could use them. I'm tasting this Gary Farrell uh, Chardonnay from 2005. Good grief, y'all. 2000, 2005 was a really, really good vintage in Sonoma County, and I love this wine so much. I bought several bottles, and I'm down to two now. I, this is my last, next to last one. And and uh, Teresa Heredia, who is the winemaker uh, up there at Gary Farrell, has done just a fabulous job over the last several years making these Chardonnays. This is... Um, Full malolactic, rich, oily, concentrated wine. It is very oily. I like that. But it's got some real flavor. It's got Russian River Valley written all over it. It's really beautiful wine. It's it, it's not a style that that the people who like if you like delicate start, styles of Chardonnay, this is not your wine. This wine is pretty pretty big. But keep in mind, it's as Dan just pointed out, it's seventeen years old. I mean, you know how many people age Chardonnay for seventeen years? No, I know. I've <laughs> never tasted this old of a Chardonnay just before. Just you, Dan. That's Only just me. You. You've seen my cellar. I have seen your cellar. This must have been a monster of a slut when it was first released yeah. 17 years ago. <laughs> Harry was making one of his hairy faces when he uh, tasted this. Well, uh, and, and, and Dan hit it just right. We've really been enjoying more delicate Chardonnays yeah. over the most. And certainly recently. much newer yeah. Chardonnays. Yeah. And this this one, you know, what was the term you used to describe it? I don't know, oily? <laughs> I like oily. <laughs> I, being an oily guy myself, I, I enjoy some, the oil. Get, get some butter for your popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> So is it too much for you? It's yeah, it's 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 a little harsh for me. Well, some mm. people don't prefer this because the fruit has been compromised by the amount of oak that was in it and the uh, malolactic fermentation, which cuts some of the acid out of it. But it's a beautiful wine for lobster and drawn butter, mm. and it really works with certain types of foods. It's not going to work with like poached sole or something like that, but then it'll go with. Richard, this is so big, it'll go with meat in a certain way. Yeah, I could see that. Dan Barwick, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I, I think it's got a, a good backbone of acidity, which has kept it fresh and, and still lively 15 years, 17 years down the road. And I think that everything that it was before has, has melted and, and take that time has made it quite a beautiful wine. It really is. I can't believe. 2005, Chardonnay. I don't do this very often with Chardonnay. I know. Only every now and then because you want to see what... I have. I do have two bottles left of 2005 Iron Horse, which is the absolute contrast to this. It's 180 degrees difference because it never went through malolactic. So, therefore, the wine has still got its delicacy. So, if you want to... Someday we'll do the pair. We'll do the 05 of this and the 05 of the Iron Horse. We'll see how they... Contrast, really interesting. Uh, explain quickly the malolactic thing. It converts malic acid into lactic acid, and malic has got more malic, like from the Italian, from the Latin, comes from apples, so it's fresh and, and lively. And lactic, as in milk, it converts over into a buttery kind of a flavor. So the apples convert to butter, 
and the acid itself it begun, begins to be softer and, 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 and richer and more oily and more lush. And that is what malolactic does to a Chardonnay. And if you want that style, it's easy to do. Yeah. You just dump in some malolactic culture and it converts on its own. So here's a question. This is a bacteria that converts mm-hmm. malic acid to lactic. Mm-hmm. What was this bug doing before wine came on the scene? <laughs> I don't know. What was it doing? <laughs> you don't know either? No. Don't okay. ask a question you don't have the answer to. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for coming in, Dan. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> I thought someone would have an answer. <laughs> well, let's talk about Trichini uh, yeah. Winery. I love their stuff. Dan Barwick is the winemaker for Trichini. Um, give us the history of the winery. And- it's the Vicini family, um, Kathy and John and their son, uh, David. And uh, they started the winery back in 1999. And, and Trey is three, so there's three. Ch- yeah, yeah. Trey I think, means three friends in Italian or something yeah, yeah, close yeah. to that. Okay. Yeah, which was uh, – and uh, I've been working with them since day one in 1999. Is that right? Could it be right? Yes, it is. Um and we started with a Sauvignon Blanc, um, Russian River, and we've we've grown that to do include Pinot, um, now a Chardonnay, which uh, um, is becoming quite popular. Um, and they have an Italian line as well, um, which includes uh, a Vermentino, which we're going to taste today. I don't actually have anything to do with um, the the procuring of the Italian wines as at this point. I was meant to be there in 2020, but. That little bug got in the way of it, and um, <laughs> here we are. And you uh, worked at Paradise Ridge. I did. For how yeah. long? D- 20-something years. Wow. Ni- 1998 for, for them. Wow. And I retired from them uh, this this uh, last year, so uh, I'm no longer an employee. Great, great tenure, made some lovely wines, met some fantastic people, including yourselves here. And, uh, yeah, I feel very happy that uh, that has been part of my life. Dan, thoughts on Trichini? <clears throat> well, first of all, <clears throat> the fact that they own Russian River Valley Vineyards is really beneficial, and that's a start. The second thing is that John has a little history with Italian wines, and for, of course all, all Italian wines are, tend to be acid-based. What's, what's Italian food without uh, acid styles of Chardonnay and, and other wines? So that's really helpful in terms of uh, thrust the family began with. And Dan's been there since the beginning. And the nice part there is there's a continuity for these wines. And uh, they they get better every single year. I think part of that is just the age of the vineyards. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we have a a good Sauvignon Blanc program that comes from all vineyards that, that, that I would call mature, which would be... Or established, so 15 years plus. And I think that's that root system getting down into the soil and finding those trace minerals and elements that um, give wine that special character. What about the red wines from Trecini? Tell tell us a little bit about those. Predominantly Pinot Noir, um, Russian for Pinot Noir, and there's a vineyard, uh, it's right next to 101 on Shiloh in Windsor, and it's a very unassuming vineyard, but... uh, if we don't get too fancy with it and just try and capture the, the essence of those those grapes and keep the oak under control, pick it, but it's still got a, a good level of acidity, then uh, the, 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 it, does, it looks after itself. And uh, fun wine to make. 
What's yes, going on with the tasting room, which is, a, 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 I mean, the tasting area there at uh, Tre Chini, uh, especially now with this well, newest COVID uh, yeah, biting us it. on the butt? Yeah, that, I think they, they've had to close midweek, but I think they are open weekends, but I'm not sure what the, the rules are with COVID at, at this moment. They change yeah. daily. But the, yeah, Is there an outside a, tasting area? No, there isn't. Oh, okay. It's, so it's in downtown uh, Santa Rosa. It's really easy to get to if you live in town you can technically walk there it's a l- really lovely little room and nice people and it's almost never crowded it's really really nice and where exactly is it mm. <laughs> 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 well i should know this it's on the uh, again uh, thanks uh, for coming in dan knows about be- winemaking <laughs> it's halfway between mendocino avenue and and brookwood uh, so it's uh, mm. so it, it's really in, in a downtown. Right, it's right. Literally within two blocks of the Press Democrat yeah. offices. Yeah, okay. Right. It's at the corner of Seventh and Humboldt. There we go. <laughs> That's right. I, that, it was right on my lips. <laughs> <laughs> and what did you bring from Trey Cheney today? We bought uh, an Italian uh, Vermentino from Sardinia. <clears throat> Which is um, <coughs> that there've been several, but this is, I think, the best. It's got beautiful balance and really a good expression of uh, that grape. Do we have any other glasses? Because I want to save this seventeen-year-old uh, shard. Yes, uh, there's a glass. Let's <laughs> taste uh, the, this Chini wine. The seventeen-year-old shard is growing on me. It's it's taken a while. Yeah, you're growing on me too, but, but uh, no, I'm getting on your nerves. That's yeah. different, Steve. Well, you, you're getting on my nerves is opening Saturday at Hot Mutt Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. He's See? getting into the program. <laughs> yeah, he's a good one. Uh, I'm sorry. You were saying? No, I'm good. I was just, I just, I wanted to tell that, that I am getting a better appreciation for. And, and let's just put in one more plug for Gary Farrell Wines. They are really, really top drawer. Yeah, they are. Yes, they have. Always have been. Exactly. For a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Explain this. Uh, Trecini, again, it is pronounced. Trecini. No, no, no. The wine. <laughs> oh, Vermentino. <laughs> Ver- Vermentino. To you. Vermentino. Yeah. Yeah. Vermentino, yes. And it, it, that's a white grape? It is a white grape native to Italy. I mean, it's, it's grown actually in a lot of parts of the world now. Um, they're doing a very good job with it here in uh, the cooler climes of uh, California. I would call the aroma racy. We'll take racy. <laughs> it's really beautifully structured. Mm, it's got yeah. this beautiful sort of... Uh, Iron and steel, almost a uh, peach pit character. It's just it's yeah. a stunning wine. And lots of stone fruit there. And again, this is 180 degrees uh, different than the mm-hmm. 17-year-old Gary Farrell. It was that fresh and young. Tank fermented and no malolactic. What year is it? <laughs> Thanks for coming. He's <laughs> <laughs> asked him a question he couldn't answer. <laughs> Dara, Dan Barwick, a man who has no answers whatsoever. <laughs> no, we love him. Do you know where you are right now? Dan? <laughs> <laughs> okay. He's taking notes. <laughs> Give you know him a mirror. <laughs> I can't tell. Like, bottle's over there. I can't see it. But you can buy this at Bottle Barn. Okay. I do know that. I think and there's a lot of Trecini wines available they are. at be, Bottle Barn. They've been Barn. a great yeah. supporter of, of Trecini. Yeah. And especially the rosé, which is a very – so. Trecini rosé is always a slam dunk. It's a fabulous wine. 
We, we don't, unfortunately, have a bottle with us. I drink the whole thing. Okay, myself. this is a 2020, <laughs> you said. And 13.5. 13.5. It's probably a little less than 13.5, would be my guess. It's well, nice you know, it seems to me, and I was thinking of this uh, the other day, uh, that uh, most wines uh, that at least come from here... It seems that the alcohol level, it, 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 almost everyone lists 13.5. Well, 14 has become the, the standard number to put on a label if you're already paying the tax to the government. So if you say 14, you, you pay the tax. And if you say 13.5, it's a lower tax. Right. So that's And the government doesn't care? If, the if, government if you're, cares to get if the, you're fudging long, a little long, bit? As long as they get their check, that's all they care yeah, about. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think anything under under fourteen is is a much more what I call a sociable wine. Yeah, and is much more food friendly. I agree. And I think I don't think I've made a wine that's been over fourteen for Trachini. Maybe the Rock Pile Zins, which we made in the early two thousands, may have scratched fourteen one or something. But that's a Zin. Yeah, which mm. is, is is difficult to manage to capture that balance of alcohol. And Dan, tell me why I love this. Trecini. It's so Italian fresh. Wine. It's so so fresh and 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 fruit forward. It's got a wonderful mid palate because it's not the mid palate is different from the Chardonnay that we had, which is rich. This has got more of the of the um, lemony component in the mid palate, which gi- gives it a, a, a leaning towards ser- being served with more delicate seafood dishes. I love this this stuff. It's just wonderful. And it lists on the back label is a little chart that indicates that it's almost completely dry, but not completely dry. And so what what you get is a little of the richness that they wanted to build into this wine. Now now when Dan this is a twenty twenty vintage and what what Dan is going to be doing as years go by, we hope because we we talked about this on the phone earlier today, that maybe there'll be a little bit more input on these kinds of wines from Dan as he goes to Italy and helps on on, on creating a different style for it. All right. Yeah, that's that's definitely on the, the agenda and something I'm really, really looking forward to. I bet you are. I'll um, note that also on the label, Dan mentioned that it's got a, a scale of dryness to sweetness. It also tells you through symbols what foods that this might be paired well mm-hmm. with. Which I think is a great thing to have on, a, on the wine label, on the back of the wine so. label. Yeah. And oh. it indicates uh, shellfish, seafood, and I believe sushi. Uh, and, yeah, and I could see work. this with sushi. Yeah. Well, especially since a lot of sushi these days has tuna or salmon. And those are oily fishes, which right. we call call for richer wines. Well, this one is really rich in one respect. It's rich in fruit. It's it's fruit rich. It's I love not, this. It's not rich in terms of the Chardonnay style. California wine country brought to you by Bottle Barn with Dan Berger, the Dan brothers in the house today. Dan Barwick from uh, <laughs> Trichini. He is the winemaker there. Uh, okay, we mentioned <clears throat> many years at Paradise Ridge. How did you get started? In the world of wine and becoming a winemaker prior to uh, Paradise Ridge? Uh, in the early 80s, I lived in London and I worked at a store called Harrods. And a lot of us think, uh, have thought in the past when you've been in that uh, you were Australian, but you're British. It, it is. That, that, that small part of Australia known as Dover, England was where I was born. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I interrupted. Right. Go ahead. And, no, so um, I was uh, working as a, a butcher in Harrods in the uh, – started in the late 70s, and then and I think maybe around 1982, they moved me to the wine department, and they had a six-week uh, um, promotion called A Taste of France – France, we would say that, but France for you guys. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Well, and the if you'd have said France, we would all look at each other like, what the hell's he Where the hell's that? Thanks, Thanks. Next to Australia. Yeah. Thanks for coming in. You're done. <laughs> it's a suburb of Pengrove. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so they had this taste of France, and my job was hundreds and hundreds of different growers and chateaus from all over france for the six weeks my job was to make sure that these all these these important people had their wine at the right temperature they had the right paraphernalia to support their wines the right glasses and sometimes there were 50 or 60 people pouring at the same time in several different locations my job was to run around and make sure that they they were all comfortable with what they had and and so invariably i got to them and They'd want to taste a wine with me. So I would stop at the... And I spoke... The only reason I got the job is I was the only guy in the whole of the... There's an era called the Food Halls in Harrods who spoke French. Really? And so I got the job, and I was 22 <laughs> years old. <laughs> wow! Yeah. <clears throat> but then, working at Harrods... Let me just make uh, interject for a moment. Working at Harrods is not an easy thing. You can't get a job at Harrods by walking it off the sidewalk. I mean, this is a... This is one of the greatest food halls in the world. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and so for Dan to get in there, even as a butcher, it's a, it's a trick and a half. <laughs> had you been a – you must have had butcher experience no, before that. A horror of my parents. I left school at 16 and became a butcher's boy. No <laughs> kidding. And they, 16? And, yeah. 16. You're cutting I've big been, cuts of meat and yeah. hacking animals and stuff. Well, I was more what they would call the French butcher, so I was learning to do more of the the, the cuts like a rack of lamb and yeah, carry okay. yeah, and saddles of lamb. So I was doing all these difficult, more intricate cuts, um, which was the sort of norm for Harrods. How so cool. what was the interest that got you to move from the meat department to the wine department. Oh, they, this, this is a good story. They made me the, the shop steward in the meat department because no one else wanted to do it. <laughs> and what that did was put me in the same room as managers. And so the managers decided that I shouldn't be a butcher anymore. And so they put me on this management course, which I think was two years, you know, one day or two days a week. We go and, you know, I don't remember much about it, to be honest, but anyhow i passed the exam and so then i became a, a manager and um climbed that sort of slippery ladder up through the ranks and uh, was uh, running different departments at the store by the time i left when i was 27 i think 26 <coughs> or 7 and so yeah I, I worked in the confectionery department the cheese department wow. uh, I would, the wine department i would venture to say that about 50% of the people who are directly involved in the wine business today got in through the side door. Yeah, and that I would fit that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And no, we've proven that in interviewing all these yeah. people over all these years. Like, yeah. Some of them started as bench technicians in, in laboratories. And, and recently, a lot of folks from the tech world wound up in the wine business mm -hmm. as well. From Harrods, where do you go? 
then I took a bit of a sojourn and I came to California um, just to do some traveling. And I did that for about a year and a half. But I ended up, this is a strange story, I, I, had a, I bought a truck with a little camper shell on it and I was going to travel over. And now one evening I stro- rolled into uh, Tahoe City and uh, California side and uh, went into this bar. I was, needed, I was a little thirsty. Needed, and there was a childhood friend <laughs> sitting at the bar. And I stayed there, ended up staying there, being a bit of a ski bum um, for about a year. And ended up working in a, in a restaurant called Sunnyside, which is on the west shore of Tahoe, and was a prep cook, and eventually became a, a line cook there, which is an, another strange little <laughs> journey. Then, Jeez, what a great story. Well, what I'm gathering guy. is you can't hold a job. <laughs> <laughs> a well, it line. took me a while to, to, to do that. But, um, yeah, and then, but the, then, I came, then in 1991... I decided that, hey, I'd like to do something differently. And I thought, well, hey, I got into the wine selling business <laughs> for a short while. And I thought, I'll come to California and, and do a harvest and learn a bit more about it so I can be better at selling it. Or da, 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 da. So it was in California that you California, learned the art so of winemaking. I came winemaking. to County. Yes. Did you go to UC Davis or I Fresno? I did, or a, I did a few um, extension courses at, at Davis, but and I learned most of what I do from the Santa Rosa Junior College. Great, great programs. Still awesome. one of the best programs in the country. Really yeah, is. it's amazing. And it's a junior college. And mm-hmm. what yeah. they do is phenomenal. Have you seen the construction going on over there lately? Uh, I've don't get me started. been reading about it, yeah. Mm. So one of those courses was, was uh, viticulture with the infamous Rich Thomas. <laughs> Boy, do we love Rich Thomas. He, what a fabulous a, guy. He's been on the show many times. Treasure. It's been a while. He... He used to come on, and uh, Mike DeWald used to have to keep his finger on the uh, <laughs> delay button <laughs> because, uh, yeah, because Rich would use the word, the S word, like every other, every sentence. Yeah, and Mike would just that's, be that's, hitting that's yeah. Rich well, the that's delay Rich. button, and, oh, well. and, and Rich Thomas would always use that word. In conjunction with Pinot Noir. He hates <laughs> Pinot Noir. He really? Years and years. and I mean, his whole life was dedicated to killing Pinot Noir, I think. <laughs> well, I think when he first drank Pinot Noir, which was probably in the 80s or 70s, it wasn't the beast it is today. That's true. Yeah. It wasn't nearly as good as it no, is today, and it wasn't being made as much as it is no, today. No, even in the early 90s, I would say I've, Pinot Noir was I, not really... No. Shining like I have a fabulous story about Rich Thomas and Pinot Noir, which I will not tell on the air because it takes about <laughs> half an hour. Yeah, I don't think Joe even knows where the de- delay button is. So <laughs> you better be careful. But just there's nothing I could have done in being a winemaker without having a palate, a, a good s- sense of smell and a palate. Without that, I could not have had the, the ability and the confidence to do what I'm doing. Certainly. And so it, as a child, it was a, it was a, a hindrance because I could tell when the milk was going off three days before everyone else so I'm, I'm not drinking this rich thomas where are you <laughs> wow and so it was it was you know something didn't smell right i was like mm, get, get this away from me and i was it was a challenge especially uh, school dinners or lunches oh my god Ooh. you'd smell it all and go i'm not I, eating that i can't eat that i can't <laughs> eat that <laughs> and i was i was in detention and standing in the corner a lot 
<laughs> Trecini wines. Aside from the uh, Italian wines, Trecini makes a lot of different wines. Uh, there's Zinfandel, Merlot, and certainly the rich uh, Thomas hated Pinots. <laughs> uh, Dan, quickly. Rich Thomas still hates Pinos, even the current... Uh... You know, the last I talked with Rich was about a year or so ago, and we were laughing about that. Uh, I kept accusing him of trying to kill it. But he, he said, you know, I'm, I'm coming around, I'm coming around to this. And I asked him about that. He said, everything gets better after time. Everything gets better. And he said, the Pinot Noirs of today are... They're drinkable. And I thought, well, yeah, that's a step forward. <laughs> Maybe another 20 years before Rich finally comes around. But I'm sure he used a few S-bombs in there yeah, before sure, he said drinkable. Yeah. Now, speaking of drinkable, you have poured, I think, your second cellar wine, correct? I have poured the second cellar wine. Do you want to go into it? Yeah, you let's quickly it talk about it because oh, I'm right. enjoying it. This well, is from the 1890s, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's only 10 years old. It's, just, it's, a, it's a baby. Uh, so this is a, a Barbera, and, and, and theoretically, Barbera is a wine that, I mean, I'm hoping that I'm right about this, that Steve will actually like, because it's lower in tannins and higher in acidity. Now, Bar Barbera, obviously a red wine. Uh, Clearly. And uh, in this... You picked that up, did you, Steve? <laughs> Just by looking at it? Not until he poured it. <laughs> And I went, oh, Barbera, must be a red wine. It certainly looks red to me. Well, this, sorry, is, this, is from, this is from Bill Easton out in the Sierra Foothills. Bill's a, a pretty good winemaker, and he knows what he's doing, and he, he really makes beautiful Barbera. He, makes, he also makes a lot of other red wines, especially Rhone wines with Syrah and uh, Grenache and some others. But I think his best wine is Barbera, and I put this This is one. wonderful. Ten years old? I'm thrilled with this wine. I think it's delicious. <laughs> no, I do too. And it's got huge flavor, but not as much tannin as most other red wines. If you had a wine from Syrah, it's going to be tannic. This wine is not. It's most. Its acidity is what gives it its structure. But the flavors are gorgeous. And here's a Damn. wine. Yeah, perfectly aged. And this was, fortunately, it's been at 55 degrees. If you had aged this wine at 75 degrees, yeah. this wine would be finished today, be dead. But at 55, this was, this was a killer wine. Mr. Barwick, your thoughts on this Barbera. <laughs> and by the way, Dan, before I started uh, doing wine on this show 14 years ago, I always thought Barbera had something to do with Hanna-Barbera, who made Yogi Bear. But that's... <laughs> That's a whole other story, Dan. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Your thoughts on this? I think it's a beautiful one. It's still wonderfully fresh. The acidity is gorgeous. Um, there's no oak getting in the way of this wine. And, and again, going to be a terrific food wine. And oh, Bill yeah. Easton yeah. should be credited with this because Barbera is really special in the Sierra foothills, but you need somebody who understands that. And if you harvest it too late, you get raisiny flavors. This yeah. wine has none. No, and it's Zero. 10 years it's old. It's 10 years old, and it's absolutely right on Wouldn't top. Wouldn't this work great with lamb chops? One you of my bet. Favorite oh, absolutely. Killer. Lamb. Absolutely. Yeah. Joe, go down to the cellar, and uh, there's a whole thing of lamb chops. Go ahead and cook those up. Put them in the microwave, will you, Joe? <laughs> Just what we want. It is, and, and it's that the fat of the it's lamb, boiling and particularly meat, that yes. makes this wine so special. Oh, man. 
Man, that's good. I don't think I've had a, a, a better Barbera from um, this. Well, this is California. this is exactly. I, mean, I was talking to Jeff Runquist the other day. Jeff Runquist from the Sierra Foothills is wineries in Plymouth, California. And I said, "So, how does your Zinfandel sell?" And he said, "Oh, he says my Zinfandel sells out, but not out until after the Barbera is all sold out." <laughs> <laughs> so, what's uh, 2022 looking like with uh, the Trecini wines? Uh, you, you had mentioned, uh, and Dan has too, uh, 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 some trips to Italy now. I hope so. This this bug is getting in the way of traveling and, and being comfortable. Yeah, in right, position. exactly. So, um, you know, we can all hope that things get better and we can all travel and enjoy life more and socialize. And at least we're not teenagers who've got to put up with the canceled culture of that. And everything they plan is canceled every minute. Yeah, right. Just brutal. Um but uh, we got uh, we got a new Chardonnay program, so we're getting some very good fruit, um, um, particularly from um, Peter's Vineyard, which is in Sebastopol, Russian River. Well, that's wonderful. That's a wonderful region. Yeah, it's a fabulous yeah. region. Randy Peters and hey, Randy, hope you're getting better. He got an awful crash uh, back during harvest, but recovering. Oh, no. and will be on the golf course soon. I hope. Does a really fantastic job farming. This Barbera is killing me. I mean, this is really well, You can take that home, too. I've got one more of those. No, he can't. Oh, yo, oh, yeah. <laughs> Harry gets it. Harry I get gets the reds. It. He gets the, the reds. Okay, it's that's in my game. contract. <laughs> yeah, it's the only thing in his contract. <laughs> he doesn't get paid, but he does get the red wine. I get the half-empty bottle of wine. Wine, wine and dandy. <laughs> hey, just don't look at me. I'm going home after this. <laughs> uh, Dan Barwick, winemaker now for Trecini. Uh, and so, assuming you can uh, travel to Italy, how does that work? I mean, are you going to be, is it specific where you're going, or are you traveling around like uh, well, Mr. Chigazola going to, you know, these small wineries and families and stuff? Uh, I think the start would be going to Vinitaly, which is his big exposition. Um, that would be the first sort of stopping point, and you'd meet a lot of different people that are producing wines, and uh, then um, they... Trecini or Vecini has family in Italy, so well, there you be, go. We'd be following that thread, which I'm super looking forward to. Yeah, me too. I uh, actually, along with our LA producer Christy Matteo, we're uh, planning a trip to Italy next year, 2023, if everything goes well. And we're going to fly into Florence, and then we're going to fly to uh, Naples. And uh, my family is uh, from Sorrento and Naples, and we got to do the Amalfi <coughs> Coast, so I'm looking forward to it all. One of the most beautiful places on the planet. Oh, God, I can't well, Florence wait. is wonderful, but don't forget Siena. It's a fabulous Oh, city. I won't. And there's a little mm. uh, winery down there that's fabulous, that's locally owned, actually California-owned winery in, in Tuscany, <clears throat> and there's a restaurant you cannot miss, and I will tell you about it. Some other time. <laughs> well, we're not going for a year and a half, so we have plenty of time. It'll be there. Yeah. So you won't tell us about the restaurant. You won't tell us the story. <laughs> the, Why are you here, Dan? The, rest, the restaurant is Listen, called... He brings the popcorn. The restaurant, <laughs> I bring that's popcorn. His, that's his job. The restaurant is called La Porte del Chianti, and it's a little town called San Guzme, which is just north and east of Siena, and mm -hmm. it's worth getting to that place because it's one of the great restaurants I have ever been to in my life. That's probably saying a lot. Yeah. It's, well, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm not mixing Talking of Italian cuisines, I'm going to Riviera this evening. Well, that's nice. Which is the, oh, which is love the, Riviera. Think, the best Italian food. Mm -hmm. I actually had lunch there, too. 
which is <laughs> oh, Riviera. It's a great Twice place. in one day. I mean, life's wretched, isn't it? <laughs> I'm going to Jack in the Box. <laughs> to you, it's in, in France is Jacques in the Bois. <laughs> well, I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> Don't speak French in front of a French speaker. I'm sorry about that. Uh, we got to thank uh, the great Dan Barwick, winemaker now for Trecini. Always good to see you, sir. Love, thanks, lovely thanks for coming always. in. Uh, California Wine Country. Special thanks, as always, to our sponsor, Bottle Barn. Again, Dan Barwick from TreciniWinery.com. All right. <laughs> yeah, come, come and visit us at Humboldt and 7th. Have a great night. Yeah. Cheers, everyone.